Hello friends this is Varsha's take and it's simple uh today we'll be re- I'll be reading out uh chapter 1 from the book The Psychology of Money and the chapter is No one's crazy so here we go i hope you like it your personal experiences with money make up maybe 0.0000001% of what's happened in the world but maybe 80% of how you think the world works so basically it's about the thought process let me tell you about a problem it might make you feel better about what you do with your money and less judgmental about what other people do with their with theirs people do some crazy things with money but no one is crazy here's the thing people from different generations raised by different parents who earned different incomes and held different values in different parts of the world born into different economies experiencing different job markets with different incentives and different degrees of luck learn very different lessons everyone has their own unique experience with how the world works and what you have experienced is more compelling than what you learn second hand so all of us you me everyone go through life anchored to a set of views about how money works that vary wildly from person to person what seems crazy to you might make sense to me the person who grew up in poverty thinks about risk and reward in ways the child of a healthy wealthy banker cannot fathom if he tried the person who grew up with inflation was high experienced something the person who grew up with stable prices never had to do the stockbroker who lost everything during the great depression experienced something the tech worker basking in the glory of the late 1990s can't imagine the australian who hasn't seen a recession in 30 years has experienced something no american ever has on and on the list of experiences is endless you know stuff about money that i don't and vice versa you go through life with different beliefs goals and forecasts than i do that's not because one of us is smarter than the other or has better information it's because we have had different lives shaped by different and equally persuasive experiences your personal experiences with money make up maybe point 0000001% of what's happened in the world but maybe 80% of how you think the world works so equally smart people can disagree about how and why recessions happen how you should invest your money what you should prioritize how much risk you should take and so on in his book on 1930s america Frederick Lewis Allen wrote that the Great Depression marked millions of Americans inwardly for the rest of their lives but there was a range of experiences 25 years later as he was running for president John F Kennedy 
was asked by a reporter what he remembered from the depression. He remarked, I have no first-hand knowledge of the depression. My family had one of the great fortunes of, of the world and it was worth more than ever then. He had bigger houses, more servants, we travelled more. About the only thing I was directly was uh, about the only thing that I saw directly was when my father hired some extra gardeners just to give them a job so they could eat. I really did not learn about the depression until I read about it at Harvard. This was a major point in the 1960 election. How people thought could someone with no understanding of the biggest economic story of the last generation be put in charge of the economy. It was in many ways overcome only by JFK's experience in World War II. That was the other most widespread emotional experience of the previous generation and something his primary opponent, Hubert Humphrey, didn't have. The challenge for us is that no amount of studying or open-mindedness can genuinely recreate the power of fear and uncertainty. I can read about what it was like to lose everything during the Great Depression, but I don't have the emotional scars of those who actually experienced it. And the person who lived through it can't fathom why someone like me could come across a complacent about things like owning stocks. We see the world through a different lens. Spreadsheets can model the historic frequency of big stock market declines, but they can't model the feeling of coming home, looking at our your kids and wondering if you have made a mistake that will impact their lives. Studying history makes you feel like you understand something, but until you have lived through it and personally felt its consequences, you may not understand it enough to change your behavior. We all think we know how the world works, but we have all only experienced a tiny sliver of it. As investor Michael Batnick says, some lessons have to be experienced before they can be understood. We all, we are all victims in different ways to that truth. In 2006, economist Ulrich Malmendia and Stephen Nagel from the National Bureau of Economic Research dug through 50 years of the survey of consumer finances, a detailed look at what Americans do when they, with their money. In, in theory, people should make investment decisions based on their goals and the characteristics of the investment options available to them at that time. But that's not what people do. The economist found that people's lifetime investment decisions are heavily anchored to the experiences uh, those investors had in their own generation, especially experiences early in their adult life. If you grew up when in inflation was high, you invested less of your money in bonds later in life compared to those who grew up when inflation was low. 
if you happened to grow up when the stock market was strong you invested more of your money in stocks later in life compared to those who grew up when stocks were weak the economist wrote our findings suggest that individual investors willingness to bear uh, risk depends on personal history not intelligence or education or sophistication just the dumb luck of when and where you were born the financial times interviewed bill gross the famed bond magnet manager in 2019 gross admits that he would probably not be where he is today if he had been born a decade earlier or later the piece said Gross's career coincided almost perfectly with a generational collapse in interest rates that gave bond prices a tailwind. That kind of thing doesn't just affect the opportunities you come across; it affects what you think about those opportunities when they ha- they are presented to you. To Gross, bonds were wealth-generating machines. To his father's generation, who grew up with the endured higher inflation. they might be seen as wealth incinerators the differences in how people have experienced money are not small even among those who might think are pretty similar take stocks if you were born in 1970 the s&p 500 increased almost tenfold adjust, adjusted for inflation during your teens and 20s that's an amazing return if you were born in 1950 the market went literally nowhere in your teens and 20s adjusted for inflation two groups of people separated by chance of their birth year go through life with a completely different view on how the stock market works or inflation If you were born in 1960s america inflation during your teens and 20s your your young impressionable years when you are developing a base of knowledge about how the economy works send prices up more than threefold that's a lot you remember gas lines and getting paychecks that stretched noticeably less far than the ones before them but if you were born in 1990 inflation has been so low for your whole life that it's probably never crossed your mind here the author has given a graph where he's uh, taken uh, the stocks did in your teens and 20s born in 1950 to 1970 what has been um, happened the age and he's put what happened to the stocks and he's made a graph then what inflation did to prices in your teens and 20s again when you were born of uh, between 1960 and 1990 and the inflation and thus how you would not uh, take a step to invest america's nationwide unemployment in november 2009 was around 10% but the unemployment rate for african american males aged 16 to 19 without a high school diploma was 49% for caucasians females over age 45 with a college degree it was 4% local stock markets in germany and japan were wiped out during world war 2 entire regions were bombed out at the end of the war german farms only produced enough food to provide the country's citizens with 1000 calories a day compared 
that to the US where the stock market more than doubled from 1941 through the end of 1945 and the economy was the strongest it had been in almost two decades no one should expect members of these groups to go through the rest of their lives thinking the same thing about inflation or the stock market or unemployment or money in general no one should expect them to respond to financial information the same way no one should assume they are influenced by the same incentives so i stop here and i'll uh, later i'll read these three pages which are left from the same chapter um and then i'll talk to you about the take that what in short what does the author want to say in this particular chapter thank you friends